Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well. Hey, everyone. We are so glad that you've joined us for today's Lead Well Podcast. We are especially thankful to all of you who are sharing the podcast, and we'll hope that you'll share this one as well. I'm your host today, Sherry Cochran, and today I'm excited to say that I'm joined by my friend and my colleague, Dr. Kendra Moman. Hey, Kendra. Hey, Sherry. How are you today? I'm good. I want to tell people a little bit more about you before we go any further. Dr. Kendra Moman is a professor of politics at Oglethorpe University in Atlanta, Georgia, where she's also the chair of the Division of Politics, History, and International Studies and the director of the university's Rich Foundation Urban Leadership Program. She's also a pastor here at Victory Midtown along her husband, alongside her husband, Pastor Andrew Moman Jr. Let's not forget the junior. She also is the author of a book that I am currently reading, and I want to tell you, she uses a lot of large words, but this is actually a great book. It's called African American Politics, and she is an expert on politics, leadership, the black church, and hip-hop culture. She's been on a load of shows, <laughs> featured in a load of things. So I could keep going, but I'm going to stop there. I just want you to know this woman is amazing. So Kendra, I'm glad you're my friend, and I'm glad that you're here today. Oh, listen, I'm so excited to be here with you today. And uh, yeah, it's a lot, load of things. I was with someone last night and they said, what haven't you done? And I said, I haven't yet become a rocket scientist. So <laughs> is that next on your list? Or? No, it is oh, not. Okay, good. All right. What else do we need to know about you? You know, people can't see you. They can't see how cool you dress. They can't see all that kind of stuff. What else do we need to know today? Man, I think that the the biggest thing I would say, yeah, I love sunflower seeds. I love fly kicks. You know, I love to cook. But I really love seeing heart change in people. Yeah. That is why I get up in the morning. That is really what I'm passionate about, that we can start in one place and move forward through trust and connectivity. And you see the healing and the manifest manifestation of God in others. That's what I think people really should know about me. I love that because I know that's true about you. I've Amen. seen it in meetings. I see it just as we talk as friends. So yeah. I'm excited that you're here today. Well, uh, it probably goes without saying, but the world is crazy right now. Things are <laughs> turned upside down. It's disorienting. It's been difficult. I think none of us look forward and have some kind of security about the future. From where you're sitting as a professor and as a pastor, what are you seeing and sensing around you? Like, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think I said something um, on a panel um, a while back, and um, I said it at a prayer, uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting. I think because things are so lit, right, yeah. in the world today, everything is kind of topsy-turvy and from one day to the next, we don't know what's going on. I think what I've seen, unfortunately, is that a lot of us, both people of faith um, and people who don't believe at all, we're leading with our flesh, we're leading with our feelings. Um, you know, if, if Drake were to put out, you know, in my feelings challenge, I mean, I think everybody would win it right now <laughs> because we're leading with our flesh. Our faith is fleeting. And and I, I think it's a scary place to be when you see people, even of faith, wanting to cancel each other, you know, wanting to, to like literally kill each other in terms of like, I don't like what you said, so I'm going to get mad at you. I'm going to come for you, things of that nature. And so I think what we need in the midst of all this turmoil is a clear sense of peace and direction and a knowingness that God is still on our side. He's still present mm -hmm. even in the midst of this. And because he wasn't caught off guard, 
we have to do our best to remind ourselves and others to not let our flesh lead us. Yeah, yeah. To let just that natural urges or the things that just spill out without thinking, all that stuff, all the gunk that comes out of us when pressure comes. What What are you doing personally to, I mean... School is upside down. Mm-hmm. I'm sure college and university is upside down. So you've got pressure on all sides. I know we do here at the church. What are you doing personally to help keep reorienting back to those things of, of the Lord as a leader? So, so there are practical things that I'm doing and then there are spiritual things that I'm doing. So from a practical side, I'm trying to stay in good shape. So working out, trying to literally increase my water intake because um, Sarah Bake, thanks Sarah, reminded <laughs> me that I wasn't drinking enough water. So like practically doing those things, cooking meals that bring us joy, connecting with my husband, um, being there for my family. So on a practical side, doing those things, trying to get some rest. But on a spiritual side, really, I've been on a journey of what I'd call awkward obedience right now, Mm. where I'm really listening to Holy Spirit. And he's having me to do some things that are outside of my comfort zone. And he's also asking me to to take an evaluation of what I'm feeling on the inside Mm -hmm. when I'm saying certain things. So I'm literally leaning into the correction and the loving redirection of Holy Spirit in this season. Because here's the thing, when we're tired when we're stressed out, when we're uncertain about the future, um, when we've worked long days, we have a tendency to be reactive just because our boundaries and our guards are down. And it's the people that we love the most that are getting the brunt of that burden. And so for me personally, I've I've been in a season of search me, O Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me really have clean hands and a pure heart publicly and more importantly, privately. Mm -hmm. That's good. I know a lot of our parents, uh, people on all sides of education, the teachers, the parents that, man, I mean, here we are, we're going back to school. And how are we going back to school? Man, the pressure is through the roof. What would you say to the people that are looking at even just this school year, starting into it with so much uncertainty? Maybe they're, how am I going to do my job and have a kid at home? Or on the other side, how do I teach when the kids aren't even here? Like, what would you say to help stabilize, to help reorient when every day is different? Yeah, I, I think, and, and this uh, that's a hard question, right? And there's not one thing you could say, but, but I, I think that this is a season of exponential grace, that we have to give grace to ourselves first in the sense of, listen, I'm not called to be a at-home, you know, mom teacher. <laughs> and, and so having, having grace conversations with family, with employers, and employers also having to have those grace conversations to find tangible solutions to that, um, I think it's also a season of perspective. Um, there are lots of things that I think many of us would naturally say we can't do. But if it's a matter of survival, Mm -hmm. would we find another gear to be able to figure out how to do it? And and, and again, I'm I'm not taking away from any of the difficulty, uh, especially that stay-at-home or single moms have with Mm -hmm. having to pivot like that on a dime. But I also think that this is a season where we have to find the goodness even in a bad thing. 
We have mm-hmm. to find the silver lining even in challenge. And so for me, um, Mo says something all the time that there's another you on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. And what I'd encourage people to ask God, ask themselves, what is on the inside of me that may have been dormant that COVID-19 wants to give birth to, to create that new me inside mm-hmm. of me? Mm-hmm. So you just said a couple of words in there that remind me of something I hear you talking about a lot. You talked Mm -hmm. about grace and you talked about perspective. Mm -hmm. And yet I know that something that you say that we've talked about a lot, I think we only have grace and perspective related to other people and maybe even towards ourselves as we listen. That's something you've talked about a lot is Mm -hmm. the the importance of listening. And of course you've just uh, described as how you're listening to God more than ever. How can we do a better job of listening and learning from people around us right now? I think the biggest thing, honestly, is to come into rooms, to come into conversations empty. I I have found, and I'm realizing more and more that it's something that frustrates me because I, I'm, I'm learning in this season that I'm really a facilitator of thought. Um, one of the things as a professor is you're not trying to drive directives towards a common goal. You're really trying to facilitate thoughts so we can reach a common perspective. And so one of the things that I've realized is that sometimes um, you come into rooms and you're under the impression that it's an open discussion or that it's a safe place to share, but there are one or two people who already have an end goal in mind. And so everything you're saying, if it's not lining up with that thing, it gets knocked down. You know, it's like it's Dikembo, like, no, no, no. <laughs> and I think that this is a season. So they're not empty. They're not They're empty. coming in with a thought, they're, a point, a perspective to that they're trying to bring. Absolutely. Instead of here. Absolutely. And more than ever, we have to hear, you know, Mother Teresa has that quote that says, you know, you can do what I can't do. I can do what you can't do, but together we can do great things. And that's literally my mantra. I I literally posted that on social mm-hmm. media recently because I think there's diversity and, and uniqueness in the power of different thought space. And we have to learn how to harness it together mm-hmm. um, because I know there have been times in my life where I've come in full in the room mm-hmm. and we can mm-hmm. be full of ego full of pride, full of some other stuff. Y'all know. Um, But the reality is that we learn more and we glean more when we come into spaces empty. Mm, I really like that thought. Even just that visual to go, okay, before I walk in here, how do I empty out the points I thought I needed to make, the stuff I thought I needed to get across, the things that I thought I already knew, and instead empty that out so that I'm listening and learning from others? Because we're, uh, it's not a, secret that our society right now is divided. Yeah. We're all chopped up into however many groups, <laughs> however many people, there's that many groups. <laughs> That's what's going on, whether it's political, whether it's racial, whether it's religious, whether it's, you know, health related, we're, we're all grouped up into different places. How, how does that emptiness help with that? Uh, meeting with emptiness? Uh, sure. That's a great question. So David Logan, he's a professor. Um, I believe his background is in psychology at USC. He has this uh, TED talk. It's ancient now, but it's called tribal leadership. And he talks about different stages of leadership. And for most of us, we only get to stage four leadership, which is I'm great. You're not. Mm. But what he talks about is the fifth stage of leadership is we are great. 
And I think when you empty yourself out and you're willing to hear the perspectives of other people, what you automatically do is begin to enter into the conversation. How can we be great? If that's two of us, if it's four of us, if it's 20 of us, what can we do to make our organization, our culture, even our family great? Mm. And and I think that's so great. I mean, I I want that. I want yeah. that everywhere that I'm leading, whether it's family, organization, church, community, all of those things as well. Yeah. So something I know that is really important to you, it's important to me as well, but you're a leader in this, mm-hmm. is about specifically about diversity, mm-hmm. inclusion, mm-hmm. equity. That's not an arena. That's not the right word for it. But just make bringing those things to the forefront. How can we as believers who believe in those things, who care about those things, how can we in a time when there's greater division than ever, more confusion than ever, less certainty than ever, how can we, how can we make sure that we're leading from that place or with that heart better? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. And I, and I think we hear this so much, but we run over it. It's, it's really entering into a thought space and a spirit space where I see you in the Imago Dei. I truly, earnestly see you in the image of God, so much so that I want to lower myself to lift you up. I want to lessen who I am, my race, my culture, my gender, my political ideology to really understand and glean and learn from your ideology. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's getting to a place where if white hashtag white boy joy became uh, insta famous. I'm not offended and I can do that with the same freedom that someone is able to do hashtag black boy joy. Mm. It's, it's something that literally um, in this sermon, we, we've been in this sermon on, on uh, greater and it was greater love. And, and, and Mo, he asked a question, which was black people. Do you know that white people love you? White people, do you know that black people love you? Asian people, do you know mm-hmm. Hispanic people love you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In the kingdom of God, we're walking around, we're working together, and we're not even having that those simple level conversations. Not, yeah. hey, man, what's up? How you doing? But looking someone in the eye, slowing mm-hmm. down to say, I see you, I value you, I need you, I want to understand you. Yeah, yeah. We're not doing that. And so what happens is that when I see you and I don't have friendship or relationship, I see the external sherry and I put assumptions on the external sherry that may not be accurate. Mm. So I'm running around with a false narrative, but we're all lifting our hands, praising the same Jesus every Sunday. Yeah. How is that happening for you at work? Like, uh, okay, obviously, okay, let me just rephrase that for everybody. Uh, I think Kendra works in like, I don't know, 42 different environments. So let's, what the one I'm referring to is the university, is the university. So I know you're in rooms with all kinds of different people, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. different ages, mm-hmm. different mindsets, different mm-hmm. races. Different sexual orientations. Exactly. So how are you communicating that I see you? I, I, I see you in the image of God. What are, what are you doing to actually bring that out in that workplace? That's a that's a great question. So I'm I'm chairing our diversity, equity, and inclusion task force. I was tapped by the incoming president uh, to to do that. And so there were a variety of people um, that I'm working with that have different beliefs than me. But the biggest thing that that I did in my first meeting is say, hey. I want to and I need to hear from you. And even today, I was on a call with our entire team and I signed off and I said, thanks, fam. See you next week. 
a simple way to say it is I always try to lead with love first. Yeah. Now I'm a very direct person. So sometimes people don't even understand the directness um, that that is rooted in love because we're in a society where no one will tell you the truth. Yeah. No one will, you know, you'll walk around and be like, oh, that's my boy. And then you're like killing him over there. Or, you know, <laughs> someone's getting evaluations that are terrible and they're about to get fired. But people are dapping them up and smiling at them. And so for me, I think we have to lead in love and we have to lead in truth and transparency. And for me, part of that, which is a calling, is to be direct. Hey, let's, there are souls at stake. Yeah. So we don't have a whole lot of time to play. Now, I'm not saying come and flip the tables automatically. <laughs> But I'm saying we we have to have some clear standards and some clear accountability and some clear safe spaces to allow the love of God to to literally flow through all of these environments. So at the university, I have atheists who ask me to pray for them. And And the last thing I would say is this. You have to be careful of who you surround yourself with. Not everyone is called to do that or be that because your witness can be snatched away if you're not clear on your why, if you're not clear that you're supposed to be in those spaces. So Mm -hmm. I know that Kendra is not in those spaces. Mm -hmm. I know that the anointing of the living God is in those Mm -hmm. spaces and he makes room for me. I love that. So you're just describing basically, you're living out what the Bible says about love one another, you know, all the one another's, you know, be kind, do one to others, all of those things. But let me ask you, and I'm saying this kind of tongue in cheek because I know the answer. Uh, In leading with love, in telling the truth in love, you ever been misunderstood? You ever had that come back at you? All the time. And, And here's the thing. You have to, in today's society, especially with cancel culture and all this other kind of stuff, you have to have a thick skin. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I'm an introvert by nature. So it can be hard for me to just readily speak out or readily just do a lot of the things that, that I'm called to do. And, and so for me, where I really have to battle with this in my head and come to peace with is, do I want to please men? women? Do I want to please God? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what allows me to stand in that space with a boldness that I, I know isn't my own, but it's not my natural tendency. After this podcast, I'm going to go in a room by myself to (laughs) recharge. (laughs) Recover. I always know when your introvert is like done. I'm done. I'm done peopling. I'm done peopling. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I, I know we're joking, but I do think it's really important because when we're already living in disruption, we're living in constant change, our nerves are short, our ability to wear that thick skin becomes almost compromised a little bit. You know, we're, we, we might not feel as thick skinned as we would on a different day, right? Yeah. Is there anything in particular that, that you have found when you do get bruised, when you do get beat up, when you do have a microaggression or you're misunderstood or anything, I have a microaggression towards you, um, anything that really helps to kind of come back to that focus of why am I here? Who am I serving? How do you, how are you recentering and what would you encourage other people to consider as they're trying to recenter and their hearts back on the Lord? Sure. So one of the things I've done um, being an introvert, I, I, I think that um, most introverts have a special gift of self-evaluation and, and, and self-perspective in the sense of re kind of reworking that conversation or that misunderstanding to see where or evaluate, hey, was I being a little too sensitive? So you're saying you're all up in your head? Is that what you're- <laughs> well, in your head and in your heart. So you can I'm teasing. You, no, no, no. But I'm saying like, I, I think for me, like I'll evaluate something because I never want to put on someone something that's not 
put on some someone something that's not there. At the same time, I've also learned to have the courage to, if I feel like I'm misunderstood or if I mishandled someone, I'll text someone, I'll mm-hmm. email someone, I'll call someone to say, hey, I just want to make sure that what I heard was this and I didn't add anything to it. Or if I said something in a manner that took you by surprise or offended you, let's talk about it. Let's forgive me. I have no problem being an open record that way because what I found that for me, it creates trust currency. Mm. And we don't have enough trust currency in the earth today. So that's what I would do. And what I would recommend people to do Do not sit on a fence for a long period of time. Mm. Part of why I think our society is so topsy-turvy and things are so tense right now is that so many people are stuffing a fence. Mm -hmm. They're stuffing it down, stuffing it down, stuffing it down. And what happens is what Brene Brown calls the chandelier effect. I just come by. I don't know you've stuffed 20 offenses down. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, Sherry, I don't like that blue shirt. And you're like, what? And you just explode. You chandelier. You hit the roof. Mm. And I'm left like, oh, my gosh, like, She's really just happening here. Yeah. 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 What do you tell us more about trust currency? What do you mean by that? I think that we are in a society today where we are devoid of trust. Why? From young adults to millennials to the next generation to people who are 60 and 70 years of age, there have been so many psychological, spiritual, emotional, and financial violations of trust. Mm. that people don't know who to trust anymore and they don't know like, why should I trust you? Mm. And so I think for me, when I talk about trust currency, I want to be a person that you can trust because what you see is what you get. And I'm the same Kendra in public and private in my home. And so I'm transparent. And I think we need more of that in leadership. We need authentic, authentic leadership, which ultimately is transparent leadership where Mm. you can trust me. You're not saying, okay, well, they said this over there. Then they said that over there. I see them over there having a conversation Mm -hmm. and my intuition says the conversation is about me, but I've got to keep it cool because I have no facts. Yeah. Um, So, so that's what I mean when I talk about, we need more trust currency in the earth. Mm -hmm. Which takes a lot of courage to show up as the same person in every environment Mm -hmm. and to speak the truth, which I have seen you do a lot. Mm -hmm. I I know, I know that as your friend Mm -hmm. that I can count on you to tell me when you're going, Hey, you know, that thing you said, or tell me something that's great. But that means that when you tell me something's good, I can trust that that's for real as well, because you've also told me when I've misstepped and I appreciate that, but it takes courage to operate with trust. It takes courage to operate with love um, and to increase that trust currency in the earth in general. It does, but it's easier in the long run. Mm. I don't have to look over my shoulder. Mm. I don't I don't have to worry about, okay, what did I say there? What did I not say there? It's so much easier. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage and everyone's not doing it. And that's what makes it hard. So many of us have the opportunity to not leave other people hanging, whether it's in a room speaking up, whether it's in, in a, an evaluation speaking up, whether it's even in a, in a, in a sermon speaking up for mm-hmm. those who are voiceless. Mm-hmm. But many of us choose comfort over trust currency. And and ultimately, when we get to heaven, Jesus is not going to ask me how many pairs of Yeezys I had. <laughs> he's he's going to really ask me, like, Kendra, what did you do when I gave you this opportunity over here to, to be a pioneer of yeah. trust, even in an environment where it wasn't there? Did you do it or did you acquiesce? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, while we want the approval of man, and I get it, that's mm-hmm. so important. 
I don't know what my last day is. Mm -hmm. So I can't be worried so much about trying to please or get approval from you that I miss approval from the greatest approver of all. Yeah, really the only one that matters. That's right. The re <laughs> I think that if we, uh, it's just in line with what you're saying, if we view every role we're in, and it might be parent, wife, mom, dad, you know, um, professor, pastor, anything, if we view every one of those as an opportunity to build trust with people because that trust with people helps then connect them to the Lord. Because if they yeah. know that we're Christ followers and we're reflecting his image, then as they get to know us, it's meant to reflect the image of God. Like you're saying that we see people as the image of God, but we also show up mm -hmm. as bearers of the image of God. And let me say this, there's also a responsibility on and burden on others to bring that same trust to the room. Mm -hmm. I, I wanna I wanna just put a PSA out there that you can create the most trust possible, but if others refuse to lean into that, it's a one-way street. And so this is something that takes collective corporate action. All of the parties involved, all of the players have to be willing to commit to that. So how do we lean into it? I think you start in safe spaces first. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you start in your home environment. You start with your your spouse and your children, and and you almost create family values and trust. Transparency is one of them, and then you trickle that out. If you're the leader or the shaper of culture in different organizations, you you start there, and you have measurables with that or follow ups with that, and then wherever you go, you just try to spread that out. So that means if you go to the grocery store and they accidentally forget get to scan your grapes and you realize it, go back and let them charge you that, that money for that. Mm -hmm. I've done that. My kids thought it was weird when they were young. <laughs> They're like, mom, it's free food. I'm like, but it's not because it's on my conscience <laughs> now. So now I need to go back in there and pay for that. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, You've brought us a lot of really great thoughts today. You always do. And I know you and I could sit here and talk forever, but sure. everybody else would be like, okay, we've, we, we probably need you all to move on. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to go without our listeners knowing about, you've already written a book, mm -hmm. but you just finished writing another and it's about to be released. Tell us about that book. What's the topic? What was the burden that it was being written from? This book is called Being as Leading, How to Navigate Life Disruptions and Create Culture Change. And the burden for writing that book is that um, I've always been in multiple environments. So I'm, so I'm blessed to, to navigate, if you will, ministry and marketplace. And even before I became a pastor, I was always a high-level volunteer, served in ministry with Bernice King and things of that nature. So I, I've been on, uh, if you will, um, both sides of the track. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always felt was missing was connective tissue. Mm. And what I mean by that, if you if you look at um, someone like Cardi B, that others would say is, you know, is there Holy Spirit in her at all? Is is there God consciousness <laughs> in her at all? Um, there's still attributes about who she is that we can learn from. There's still a leader there. Mm. I mean, financially, you can't argue that she's been able to lead that way. And so what I've 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 felt the burden to do is to connect some of that intergenerational um, and in intersectional, um, if you will, tissue there mm -hmm. and just write about how we are first and always a culture of one um, in our households, um, in our environments and things of that nature. But we get to lead from a place of our being. Um, what you shared about me early on in this podcast, it's really me being comfortable with how God has wired me 
-hmm. and leading from that place, not trying to follow a cookie cutter model of leadership Mm -hmm. that won't work for me. And so the book is really a, a, a guide and a roadmap on how you and I, how we as a society can lead from a place of being, which is in the Imago, Imago Day. What has God said about Kendra and how Kendra's supposed to lead and how is my leadership supposed to impact that Metron that he's especially carved out for me? And That's, the same for you. I'm really looking forward to reading that. I do I do have a question, a practical question. Are the words a little smaller than your politics book? They are very, that'll help me. They are very small um, <laughs> to the point that my editor uh, emailed the other day. He said, hey, this book is very conversational. So, um, you know, uh, are you comfortable with that? I was like, yeah, because everyone else says my my political science book is um, so heady and so, so much of a tough read. So this, I wanted this to be a conversational read. I wanted this to be a book that a 12-year-old or an 80-year-old could read it and get something from it. I know that they will. I, you know, I'm just teasing you, right? Yes, it's like, I, I actually, I, I so respect you as a political science and that is not my normal lane. So it is vocabulary and ways of thinking that are new for me, but it's challenged me as well. So I, I love how you challenged me. And I hope that today that our listeners have gotten as much out of this as I have. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. We're really grateful for you. Well, everyone, we're really glad that you are with us today. We hope that you will share this and other podcast episodes, which you can do right from your phone or your listening device, whatever you're listening through. Also, if you're not already, make sure that you're following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Leadwell People and also on the web, leadwellpeople.com. If you go to that website, there's a discussion guide for this and all of our other episodes, as well as some other resources, articles, and there's always going to be new material. So we hope that you'll check that out. We look forward to seeing you or, well, we hope that you will join us again. I guess I can't technically see you. We hope that you will join us again for our next episode. Thank you again, Kendra. Thanks. Thanks.